You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today, we have Samara Ambrosio on with us from the Samara Med Spa. Uh, Samara, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So um, give us a little bit of background about you um, and you as a nurse. Like, How did you get started in nursing? And then we'll, we'll talk about how that led to uh, what you're doing now. This is a very long story, so I'll, I tend to make short stories long, so I'll try to condense it. <laughs> Um, nursing was a second career for me. My first degree was psychology with a concentration in neuroscience. Um, and I did neuros, uh, neurosurgery research, um, you know, received a grant for Parkinson's disease research, was published in neurosurgery research and wanted to, you know, become a doctor and go uh, to med school. So I took all my prereqs and did my MCATs. But then, you know, as life has these twists and turns, uh, I had a little plot twist and ended up going to Australia and marrying an Australian. Um, where I had intended to go to medical school, but again, some plot twists and um, ended up doing neuroscience pharmaceuticals. Um, and eventually I lived there for about you know six years in total and moved back to the United States. By this time I had two small children. So I did, I actually sat down and did this spreadsheet of how much it would cost, you know, losing income and going to medical school. <laughs> and um, it was, you know, million a million and a half maybe oh my god most of the time so I was so I was looking at how could I become you know how could I still fulfill that dream and um I didn't actually know at the time uh that you could become an APRN and you know have independent practice in the state of Connecticut um once I found that out that ignited a whole fire under me and my life had been dramatically affected by nurses all along so uh I told him like short stories long. So <laughs> my first pregnancy, my son almost died and a nurse saved him at birth. Oh, wow. Um, the second pregnancy, I, um, you know, had a significant issue and my blood pressure went down like seven over 30 and a hemorrhage and all this and a nurse saved me. So um, nurses became a really significant part of my life. And um, so I, I looked into the nursing school and I got accepted to an accelerated one-year program, uh, finished that and uh, started working in the NICU and immediately uh, applied to APRN school and you know, received a, I guess, a scholarship or whatever it's called to teach nursing while I was in grad school. Um, loved teaching other nurses. We did a simulation lab, it was extraordinarily fun. And um, just grew a, a passion for nurses, to be honest with you. Um, I saw that they were the, the lifeblood of all of medicine, the backbone of everything. Their humor is fantastic. Um, I just adore them. So I'm really proud to be a nurse. And along this journey, um, at first I thought I wanted emergency care. Um, and then uh, I, I did a rotation and realized that I didn't want to do emergency, but I really liked this fast pace, seeing different things um, come in and out. And so I went into urgent care and I loved the suturing skills. I loved the procedural things that we did there. Um, and over that course, obviously I'm aging this whole time. I went back to nursing school in <laughs> my mid thirties. So um, I was, you know, I was getting a little bit of Botox here and there. And I started developing instead of this heavy science side, 
this more artistic side of me that had been suppressed for decades. And I started looking into this field. It was so interesting. I studied a lot of anatomy anyway. My master's um, thesis was, I, I had a heavy interest in germ. And so my master's uh, project when I was graduating in APRN school was on uh, gluten sensitivity and the cutaneous manifestations and all these things because I had a lot of skin issues. So this whole time from my twenties on, I had serious skin issues and it was always misdiagnosed by dermatologists, by my primary care. Um, it went from chicken pox to dermatitis to all kinds of things, bed bugs. It was crazy. Um, and so I have scars on my arms and, and I, I couldn't figure out what it was. When I was in APRN school, I was learning to diagnose. Um, I started noticing that there was always a cutaneous manifestation, not always, but quite frequently to lots of other chronic diseases or acute conditions. And it would, it would manifest in that form and be missed often, right? So that, that germ has always been very fascinating to me. And so my master's thesis was on um, this, this subject of uh, gluten sensitivity and the spectrum of it, not just celiac, which is a diagnosed criteria once you get to a marsh level three, four, you know, you have to get through March one and two to get to three and four to be diagnosed, right? So what does March one and two look like? So I, that was my, that was my kind of self-discovery of my own illness. Um, it was uh, dermatitis herpetiformis. It was the cutaneous manifestation of gluten allergy. Oh my God. I myself. And um, from that point, I was hooked on just all things, germ, skin, everything, because it really wreaks havoc on you mentally, emotionally, physically. I didn't want to wear long sleeves in the summer. Um, I, I didn't want to show my arms, my body. I, I hadn't worn, I, I remember when I first went off uh, gluten and my skin cleared up and I discovered my own answer and I went to a family vacation um, and it was the first time I wore sundresses. It was the first time in, I don't know, a decade that I wore a bathing suit and showed my skin and wow. it was pretty much life-changing. So that ignited this fire in me and I kept reading about other conditions, acne conditions, um, and it naturally led to aesthetics, of course. So I- Yeah, I was, I was wondering where this story was gonna go when you started <laughs> on psychology and- I don't get, all that, okay? <laughs> how do we get from Parkinson's to like med spa, but um, wow, that is such an awesome, awesome story. Uh, I love that. I, I hope you share that story with uh, with everybody because- I've actually never shared it before. Oh, really? I've told people who've asked me, you know, personally, but I've never publicly shared it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, the, the gluten sensitivity at, at your skin condition being a manifestation of gluten sensitivity is, oh my God, like, it, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure you've been through this, but all those years, like it was such a simple solution. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Okay. So, um, all right. So then so you went to nursing school, you went to APRN school, you diagnosed yourself, you became hooked on German and skin. Um, so did you start working in a med spa first? Is, is that something that you did? No, I did um, urgent care. I did a lot of urgent care and I had um, collaborations with doctors who had obviously, this is such a growing field that, that you know, everybody's kind of dabbling in this or that, right? So um, I was doing this on the side with collaborating with a collaborating physician as my you know, medical director. 
Um, just, you know, a little bit of Botox here and there. Um, and kind of on the side, you know, perfecting my skills. I was going to conferences. I was taking courses. I was basically just studying, studying. I'm a, I'm a huge researcher. Just, you know, that's how I started in, in neuroscience. So I would research and study and practice. And I just did a little bit on the side, you know? Um, and then I, I started with my own little one chair solo practice with a collaborating physician. Um, and it quickly grew and my, my love for it was off the charts. You know, it was a, it was a fulfillment I hadn't had before. Right. So do you remember like that, that kind of like moment where you're like, Oh, I, I can do this. I'm going to start a business or, I mean, how did that really come about? Um, it came about just every patient that I saw whose lives I positively impacted, right? And everything, that huge long story I told you before has, has made me the provider I am when, I'm, when someone's in my chair, right? I'm thinking about the psychology of why they're here. I'm thinking about how this is affecting their ability to socialize, it's affecting their intimate relationships, it's affecting um, their, their ability to interview confidently and get jobs or to ask for what they're worth. It's affecting every aspect of their lives. So even though a lot of this industry gets panned as being superficial and all these things, it is not superficial to me whatsoever. It affects every aspect of your being. So um, every patient that I, that I positively affected was just slowly changing me. And I was doing three days in urgent care. Um, I outgrew my space a long time ago, but wasn't ready to be independent practice as an APRN. I didn't really want to open a large practice until I had independent practice. Um, and so I waited until I had independent practice and then opened a very large, well, a, a much larger space, um, and an official full scale med spa. So, so, so in Connecticut, um, do you, you don't need a med medical director. You can serve as your own. Is that correct? Yes, after, okay. You have independent practice. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. Um, okay. So what, tell us about the practice now, like, um, what do you offer? Like how many, how big is it? Do you have employees? Um, we have, right now we're in a space that's about 2,900 square feet. Um, we have seven employees, uh, two other nurses, myself, an esthetician, um, you know, back to office staff. We, are, we just secured a second location and um, we're looking for a third right now. And how did this, um, how did this go through COVID? Uh, did you struggle at all during COVID? Um, actually, the, when we shut down for two months, um, which you know was just boring. Otherwise, it didn't really affect the business. I mean, it, obviously, it's affecting the business during that time. But the month that we opened was our largest month in the history of all of our months, uh, and it just was gangbusters since then. So, we're one of the industries that was not affected whatsoever by COVID. You know, the people sitting in their homes not be able to go anywhere on Zoom, especially looking at themselves talk and animate um, and, and you know, sitting in their, in their same four walls, you know, people were fixing their houses. They were buying furniture. They were fixing themselves. They were buying clothes. They were online shopping. They were doing things from their home with everything that surrounded them. And this included their appearance. 
<laughs> that absolutely happened to me. I'm like, I'm just sitting here laughing, thinking, oh my God, yes, like uh, med spas and uh, home improvement have cost me a lot of money. <laughs> I actually tell people, just get a ring light and make your light really bright and make sure your computer's above your head and you'll look great on Zoom. You don't need me at all. <laughs> I love that. Um, so let me go back for one second. Uh, when you first started your med spa, um, did you start with doing just a couple of things first or did you open with like lots of services? Oh no, I just started slow. I was very, I was very measured and smart about it. You can't, the kiss of death is to try to do everything all at once or to buy too many devices in the beginning. You have to have a really good business sense as well. There's a lot of medical providers that start businesses or try. I mean, everybody's opening a med spa on every corner, um, but a business, a good business head is absolutely required. So I, I was slow and steady. I started just with injectables um, at first, and then I brought on, you know, microneedling pen, you know, something to augment what I already had with my existing client base. Um, once I started seeing that uh, what I had available wasn't meeting their needs as far as, as far as pigment and, you know, other things, um, I then bought, you know, what I call a baby laser like a little baby laser, something that could do IPL, you know, laser genesis, laser hair removal, kind of a, a solid, really a good product that was from a good you know, company um, to augment my existing business for my existing clientele. So I got like a baby laser. <laughs> and did you have to get certified in everything that you did or was it kind of like yeah, learn on your own? Or? Absolutely. No, um, we, you get you have training. I always negotiate extra training when I buy something, by the way. I'm a huge believer in training. I don't believe, I know that the adage is see one, do one, teach one, but I'm um, see one, do one, teach one, see one, do one, see one, do one, see one, you know, I, I kind of repeat, repeat, repeat. So I try to negotiate extra days in because you learn really well um, when you see it and do it and then you have some experience doing it for a while and then you bring the trainer back in to ask better questions right you learn when you when you know which question to ask when you first are uh, introduced to anything you're not you don't know what to ask because you don't know what you don't know um, after a few months of using it you start to come into challenges or what setting should i use for x and so um everything we're certified on um multiple times i even go back and redo them we do a lot of in services we have meetings and have um, the providers present a topic that they actually treat themselves. And so we do a lot of learning and certification. Well, wow, that's awesome. Um, now you had, you did mention some of the, the, you know, having a good business head, like what do you think have been sort of the, the major challenges in running the business? Um, the major challenges for me personally, won't obviously be the same as other people, but I have spoken with a lot of business owners from many different industries, and we all seem to have one common theme, which is being a boss and hiring and firing and finding a good team is the hardest thing. It doesn't matter how good we are, how popular we are, um, the team is crucial and that can make or break you. And I've my biggest mistakes have been in, in the team, the people I've hired. 
I, I would definitely echo that. that. That's been the hardest thing for me. And I actually had to take a hard look at myself too, because I went through so many people at one point and I'm like, all right, there must be something wrong with me. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not articulating, I'm not doing something, you know, maybe it's a combination, but um, it was, it was a real eye opener. I had to go through all kinds of stuff just to find, and you know, it's still a, a work in progress because, um, you know, a lot of times you you get a good team and then it starts to kind of slack off or something. But a lot of that came back to me just being very, like, you can't just put a team together and walk away and hope everything is going to work out. Um, yeah. They all are different and they all have um, different needs, but um, what, what I I think I've been able to to develop and grow a better team from the mistakes I made, you know, um, it it's it did like you said force me to look at myself um, and how I communicated with certain people and also what type of person I needed in order to communicate effectively, you know, you don't have to keep someone that's difficult to communicate with just because you know you have to change your whole self for that difficult person or that toxic employee. The, that employee sometimes just needs to go, right? Because they're wrecking your brand or they're, they're creating drama in the workplace. Um, and then you need to try to pick up the pieces and recover from that employee that was exposed to all of your patients, you know what I mean? Um, but I have definitely learned a lot about myself and I have changed a lot from the first year I opened until this person before you today. I have definitely taken a good hard look at myself and changed some things about myself yeah I think you have to if you don't it's just kind of like you know things are just going to be exponentially harder for you one of the things that I ended up doing was because I've, I've been through a lot of uh, assistance and stuff that you know people to help me I went to this one group where they um, have paired me up based on my Colby and I don't know if you're familiar with the, the Colby strengths finder but you know basically it looks at how you work your strengths and your weaknesses and then every person that they interview they do the same thing with and they pair up kind of match us where you know because I'm a, I'm a quick start impulsive person I work on like vague information and this makes people absolutely crazy because I'll be like oh we'll just you know figure it out and you know blah 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 so well I think what I think right to that point that is what entrepreneurs need. You need to be able to improvise, adapt, and overcome. You need to be a strategist. You need to be able to fly with whatever comes your way. And not a lot of other people are like that. So you have to meet them where they are. And, you know, for example, if I have an employee who needs very specific parameters, do this, use this setting for this skin type, then move to this, um, I need to spend more time with that person. And I need to give them that direction. Whereas me, I'm like, all right, give me a chart. Have a person walk in the door. I'm like, yeah, you're about a four. Let's start at a 20 jewels and let's just go for it, you know? And then I, I adapt on the spot because that was my urgent care background. That's my personality. I gravitated towards urgent care because I like thinking on my feet and some people are abysmal at it. And you, 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 know, you have to work with them and understand that how to make each person successful and how to, and you can only do that by learning about yourself and then doing these types of tests, like you're saying, and identifying their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, so it was really nice. So they found me this person and, you know, it's neat because they compared our Colby side to side and then, you know, they gave her instructions. Like the worst thing you can do is dump like a ton of information on Katie. Like you have to like sort of, and they'll say, this is also like, if you're, um, 
when you're working with Katie, she's gonna, you're gonna ask for direction and she's gonna give you options. And I'm like, yeah, I do do that. And then people think that I'm like still thinking about it. I'm like, no, no, I just don't wanna micromanage you. I'm like, these are, choose one of these options. It wasn't like a suggestion or, you know, I'm still thinking about it. It's like, I, I want you to make the decision move forward with it. And like you said, like a lot of people don't want that. They want very specific information. So that's been hard. Um, so tell me about the services that you offer in your med spa now. Well, at last count, we had 120 bookable appointment types, um, but uh, I would say we offer now a very broad range. We uh, injections of Botox filler. We have uh, laser hair removal. We have seven different types of lasers, I think. Um, now we have CO2 laser, laser genesis. We have um, about four different types of lasers that do hair removal. We have radiofrequency microneedling, you know, skin tightening, body sculpting, fat melting, you know, cellulite treatment, um, or light therapy bed. We have multiple services for pretty much any skin condition you could think of. Yeah, I'm looking at your website and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. With some of the overwhelming, I need to pare that down a bit. Yeah, because um, I can imagine like, because um, a lot of times I don't think patients know what they want. Like, how do you how do you um, start that approach a patient like that? Mm -hmm. um, well, a consultation basically. We have we have everyone come in for a consultation before we treat them, and they usually specify in their notes what their main concern is. And we try to pare it down to their top number one concern and then steer, give them several options. And when we do a treatment plan, we help them decide. I don't want to decide for them unless it gets to a point where they're saying, okay, I need to do it by this date, this, this is how much I have to spend. And I'm like, okay, here's the plan, right? And I jump into like design mode, but usually it's um, based on their previous experiences, what worked, what didn't, their current condition, um, what's their timeline, what's their budget, um, how much discomfort are they willing to undergo in a short period of time versus do they want to do slow and steady, you know, and then we design it based on that. And I will, I will choose, we have lots of, we have multiple services available for any type of condition, but I'll help them choose where to start based on those other factors. Okay. Yeah. Cause I see it like you have this aqua gold and I just want it just because the name, I don't even know if I would, <laughs> it would be appropriate for me. <laughs> It just sounds cool. Um, all right, let me ask you this. Like, how did you get your first clients and, and how do you get clients ongoing? Um, I think the same way any business does, right? Your friends and family are, are your first ones. Um, and then you do right by them and then they tell other people, right? So word of mouth in the beginning, um, when you're starting small in something as emotionally charged as what I'm doing. Um, I didn't do it in a way that was big and splashy and, you know, uh, I wasn't ready for that. And I think I needed to build some talent and some skills and some repeatable skills and credibility prior to, to making a big launch. So I started with those nearest and dearest. And then you just, uh, do you, are you on social media? Um, is that how you get clients now as well? Or do you advertise? Yeah. And then it just, the minute I decided after three years of doing it to open an actual spa and do it, social is where I'm at. Social is 99% of my business. So Instagram, 1000% is the lifeblood of my entire business. And um, it, 
brings in, you know, that it brings in just thousands of people. Yeah, you have a pretty big following on Instagram. And so you shared pictures of what you do and before and after pictures, or what do you post on Instagram? So it's a combination um, before and afters. Uh, and we've just recently started doing reels, you know, because those are fun and also a required Instagram evil, right? Like you have to do, if you want to grow, you have to play the game, right? So, um, so we decided to start having fun with it. So we like to be fun we like to be a little i mean we like to kind of push the boundaries a little bit just because it's fun and um and so we try to we just try to i don't know have fun appeal to people um we we do like to post educational posts um long, some long form posts that are the entire procedure what 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 you would choose what this how much it costs how long it took but nobody uh, not nobody but most people just comment and don't read the post how much you know <laughs> <laughs> that's always a good so, one how much they just see it i want it <laughs> yeah so to answer your question i really try to post authentic comment uh, a con content i don't i d have not hired a company um whenever you do they're just canned posts that are boring and generic and they don't appeal to anybody um it's never successful if you want to be successful on social media you have to be your brand and you have to make sure that that message gets out there consistently. And the only person that knows your brand really is you. I mean, a lot of these posts have like 46,000, 70,000 uh, like views. That's like, what is your secret sauce? Just <laughs> how did you get all these people? Um, so how do we get all these people? Um, well, I the, the Instagram logarithm, you know, shows it to, if someone looks at it, then their friends will look at it and then their and then your content will end up in their face more right so you spend some money you promote a little bit right and then it just gets in front of people and once it gets in front of people it snowballs and then you look at and then what's really important is to look at your analytics right you look at your analytics and you look at what appeals most to people i highly rely on um instagram insights my analytics um i've learned a lot about um, digital marketing and it's a whole, it's another full-time job. I easily spend uh, a full time, a full day's work um, on Instagram. Yeah, that's amazing. So you have built this up single-handedly. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah, so it's like one of those things in business. I didn't realize it was going to be a personal journey that I was going to have to develop leadership skills and learn digital marketing. And that's because that's like, those are the the three things that I do all day long. <laughs> so I wish I honestly wish I could find someone who could who could be our authentic voice and, and make videos and make before and afters to the to the quality we need um, to to maintain the level that we do. But it's it's almost impossible. And it, and it really does take up a, a, a large part of every single one of my days. It is a second job. Like I'm on there like six hours a day. Yeah. And it's you know, it's a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, but it, it's it's obviously served you very well. So it was right. time and well spent. The you stop, and the minute you stop, and this is the the crazy um that crazy hamster wheel because the minute you stop or you're inconsistent or it, your your viewership tanks, you know, it goes way down. Um, and you just see that you see those very direct results. Um, anytime I I hired one company, um, who started posting on my behalf like three years ago. 
oh my gosh, they were terrible. It was just, you know, canned quote, no matter what we tried to make it look sexy. I just wanted a break, to be honest with you. I just needed a break. And I didn't have another injector. It was all me all the time. Plus at night, I was getting three to four hours of sleep a night. Anyway, I hired someone and our, it just tanked. All of our engagement went down. It was, nobody liked it. Um, so yeah, you really have to, if you're going to be successful in, in a business that in this day and age absolutely requires social media. If you don't have a website and you're not on social media, you don't exist. <laughs> That's true. And if you don't embrace that, then you're, I don't know how you would, I don't know how you would be successful unless right. you really just want enough to get by, right? right? Enough to pay your bills and stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Cause that's the first thing people do. I mean, it's the first thing I did when I, I came across you is look up your website, <laughs> like, right? Who is this person and and how do I know, what do they do and and what, what can I get? <laughs> you know, it's all about the person that's viewing like, uh, and your website is, is very well laid out and it looks like, you know, it's just, and your Instagram is amazing, so. How did you find me? Yeah, because you when I when I received the invite to do a podcast, I was like, "Oh, who's this? And where did where did, how did you find me?" <laughs> we are always searching for nurses um, that are in business that are successful and, and doing very well, and uh, you know, so we actively go out there and find them. And it's one of the things. One of the reasons I started the podcast in the beginning was because when I started my business, and this is back in 2016, I was like, "Oh, I'm the only nurse that." owns a business and then I'm like well that's just dumb it's it's not that I'm the only nurse that owns a business it's that there is no repository of like nurses and so we don't know who each other are so that's what I wanted to do was shared stories and and just have like you know a, a community of of nurses that are inspiring other nurses to, to do this so that's great all right Samara so thank you so much for sharing this with us um where can people find you if they want to learn more about your med spa and, and you well, our website is samaramedspa.com and Instagram is at samaramedspa. Um, we're on Facebook as well, samaramedspa on Facebook. Um, we're on Twitter, but we don't really tweet much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I finally gave up Twitter. I'm like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> it's just one thing I'm going to cross off my list. Um, all right. We're also on TikTok and Snapchat, but TikTok, I kind of am using, um, and I got to get better at that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one more thing to add to the list um, all right well thank you so much for doing this podcast with us all right thank you so much for inviting me